Welcome to the Do You Know Him podcast. My name is Lowell King. I'll be your host today. Today's message is entitled, A Message from God. There's a voice that speaks to us periodically that some people claim they've never heard, and there's a voice that those of us who are Christians uh, would be remiss if we didn't acknowledge the fact that we hear this inner voice from God that gives us direction and guidance and protection in some cases, but helps us to go through the, the decision-making process. Uh, Jesus talked about the Holy Spirit being our comforter, our friend, someone that would communicate to us in a way that it's hard to express and understand, but recall things to us that uh, that he taught his apostles, uh, give us direction and guidance directly from God, and uh, help us to, uh, like I say, make decisions and in some cases protect us if we're going into a hostile environment we don't know it. There's that inner voice that's, that's talking to us and protecting us and, and helping us. Uh, some people call the Holy Spirit the helper, the comforter, uh, there's a variety of different uh, ways, but the reality is that's third person of the Trinity and a person who, who does give us messages. This particular day when this message occurred to me was one of the low points uh, in our life financially. We had, uh, as I mentioned in previous podcast, after uh, I was accepted Christ as my personal Savior, I went through 13 years of uh, really hard times financially, both my wife, my family, that we all went through this together. And I hate to say it, but I think probably I was at the core of the whole 13-year period of time as God was shaping and molding and directing me uh, to make me more a type of person that, that he could use uh, in an effort to tell people about the truth of who he is. But this particular day, and I had heard many messages before this from God, uh, and I've shared some of those in earlier podcasts. This particular day, though, I remember sitting at my desk and not knowing what in the world is going to happen here. How am I going to provide for my family? How are I going to pay the bills? I had seen other miracles God performed in our life over and over again during that 13-year period of time, including... Uh, the story that I shared with you about the amazing uh, miracle that occurred while I was working with Redwood Home Loans. But this came after that period of time. And, and times when you think you're, you're at that lowest point and you just, <laughs> you just don't know. And you, you've seen the miracles just like the apostles did. You've seen the miracles that God's performed. And uh, one of my favorites, by the way, and I'll just slip it in here, is here uh, Jesus feeds the 5,000 with a few fish and a couple of loaves of bread. And, uh, and the apostles with Jesus are going back across uh, the lake or the sea, and they're going to another town. And one of the apostles pipes up, and he says, what are we going to have to eat? I don't, we don't have any food with us. And Jesus looked at him, and it's, it's kind of like says, are you kidding me? We, we just fed 5,000 people with nothing for, for all intentional purposes, and now you're asking me how we're going to have any food? Uh, it's, it's, and this is the way we are as human beings. 
we we uh, see Jesus perform these miracles. Uh, God over and over again uh, delivers, protects, defends. I mean, the the list goes on and on. And the first time we hit a, a little bump in the road, it's like, where are you, God? You know, are you still there? Are you going to take care of me? Uh, anyway, uh, so I'm sitting at my desk and I'm thinking, what am I going to do? How am I going to feed these people, feed my family and, and pay the rent and, and, you know, whatever. And, uh, and all of a sudden I hear the word real estate. Now, in earlier stories, I told you about what was going on in the real estate industry. I mean, it all started with uh, during, and, and I only mentioned him, not to say anything disparaging about him, as during the time of Jimmy Carter. Uh, Jimmy Carter, when Jimmy Carter was president, the prime rate, which is now about 1% or 2%, by the way, uh, was 18%. And people couldn't get real estate loans. Real estate had no value whatsoever. I mean, it was, it was in a tank. Nobody wanted to buy real estate. Nobody wanted to make loans on real estate unless they could get the 18%. So there's a lot of private money lending where people were actually lending money and making a lot of money on it because that's the interest rates were so high. And uh, so when I, I'm sitting there and I'm in, in my mind, and, and I didn't hear it audibly. I heard it inside of me. I don't know how to explain it other than that. Real estate. Well, I have a real estate license, so that kind of made sense to me, but at the same time, it didn't make any sense that I would even consider real estate. I knew nothing about it. I had been in the mortgage business for a number of years, but as far as being a realtor, that's a lot different than making loans on real estate. And uh, so I sat there and, and kind of almost disregarded what I had heard, and I heard it the second time. Real estate. And, and then I'm thinking okay, uh, you know, Lord, are, and I'm actually talking to God, you know, in my mind, and I'm saying, Lord, do you really understand what's going on down here? And I thought, that was a stupid question. Obviously, he does. But why in the world would I kind of jump out of the fire into the frying, or out of the frying pan into the fire by going from a horrible industry of mortgages, which is not making any money because of real estate, into the very thing that's causing the problem, into real estate. And I heard, again, a third time, real estate. Just real estate, that's all I heard. Real estate, real estate, real estate. So I thought, okay, I'm going to take this serious. Maybe it is from God. And I sat down and I thought, well, if I'm going to go into real estate, who am I going to call to talk to somebody about this? So I had three people that were friends of mine that were in real estate. Uh... Tom Chance, who was a really good friend of mine, love him dearly, a good brother in the Lord, and and uh, just a man that I had a lot of confidence and trust. He was younger than me, but he was a solid Christian guy, and I knew Tom would give me, if he could, advice about what to do. He was in Livermore, which is a good 35 miles from where I lived, in a completely different market, a completely different town. Um uh, Another man that I knew uh, was by the name of Ted Chadwick, who was a local person in real estate. I didn't know him as well as I knew Tom, because I worked for Tom, by the way, in one of the companies that, that he used to manage uh, years before, and I had a better relationship with him. And then I had another fellow by the name of Bill Hardkoff, who uh, I had met uh, through another friend of mine, 
And uh, Bill was a very successful guy and, and a guy that, that, um, that I knew had his finger on the pulse of what was going on in real estate. So those three people came to my mind. So I, I picked up the phone and I started calling these guys. And I got a hold of all three of them, which was kind of unusual. Uh, and when I talked to Tom, uh, he told me that because I live so far away that he recommended that I talk to this other person uh, in my local area who was a manager of a company uh, office that it was he was he was affiliated with. I did not know the other person, and I was reluctant to call him. I, he subsequently became a good friend of mine, uh, Rick Jiha, uh, who at that time was managing Contempo Realtor Realty and uh, a good guy. I mean, I, I could have just as easily gone to work for Rick, but as it turned out, uh, I decided not to call him because I didn't know him at that time. I got a hold of Ted, uh, Chadwick, and Ted told me that he was just going on vacation, would be gone for a couple of weeks, that he'd call me when he got back, and I didn't want to wait that long, so I'm, I'm running out of options, so then I called Bill Hartkopf, and uh, Bill... Uh, said, well, what are you doing right now? And I, I was at the bank, actually, uh, calling from the bank, and nothing, I'm just sitting at the desk waiting for clients to come in the office, and I said, well, I'm here at the bank in, in Oakland, and I said, um, you know, uh, I'm working. And he says, well, what are you doing about 7 o'clock tonight? And I said, well, I'll, I'll be home by then. And he says, well, can you come by my office? And I said, okay, fine. So, so off I go and uh, met him at the office, and we talked for about an hour and a half. And then he just looked at me, and he's, he, t he says, follow me, I want to show you something. So we went downstairs, and uh, we got downstairs, and he opened the door of this office, and, and he handed me the key. He says, this is your new office. And I laughed, and I said, Bill, I can't, I can't take an office here. I said, I uh, don't even know anything about real estate. And he just looked at me and he said, if you work as hard for me here at this real estate office uh, as you're working for the bank, he said, I guarantee you that you will make a living. And he says, I think you'll do quite well. And uh, I took the key and I thought, well, I asked him if I could kind of do this on a part-time basis until I can figure out what to do because I hadn't even figured out how I was going to leave the bank. I, it was Even though I wasn't making very much money at the bank, at least I was getting some kind of a check. It was enough to pay for the utilities and for groceries. Uh, by this time, I'm keep in mind that, that I'm there living at Max's house in Union City, and uh, so I'm not paying any rent, but I'm, I'm looking to try to figure out a way I can earn enough money to be able to get Max paid back, uh, Max Schroer, my friend I shared about in a previous podcast. And uh, so he said, yeah, that'd be fine, and so on and so forth. Well, one thing led to another, and uh, uh, I decided to make the big jump into real estate. Well, uh, as I shared in a previous podcast about Max uh, selling me uh, the car that he sold me, which allowed me to have a, a decent mode of transportation, uh, all of a sudden I find myself in the real estate industry. Um, well, that lasted for about three or four days. 
And I remember sitting in my desk, and I did have a private office there. That was one nice thing about it. I trying to figure out what the next thing for me to do. And, of course, the obvious thing was I'm supposed to do open houses. I'm supposed to let people know that I, I'm now selling real estate. And, you know, the typical things that people are told what to do when they go in the real estate industry. And, by the way, I had done an open house uh, the previous uh Saturday and Sunday uh, at a home in in Fremont and it was funny because uh, Bill it was a house that Bill owned he had built it was a spec house and it was in what we call a mission area which is one of the more expensive areas but it wasn't that expensive in those days but it was pretty doggone expensive compared to the homes in the other parts of Fremont California and so he said I don't think you're going to find because I, I was asking, what am I going to do? What am I going to say? Whatever. He said, don't worry about it. He says, I doubt that very many of the people that will come to the open house can actually speak English. And I kind of laughed when he said it. Well, it's exactly what happened because most of the buyers that were coming were coming from China at that particular point. And the development and the diversity that, that followed uh, as Fremont became a city where, in fact, one of the most diverse cities in the entire United States, I think there's 120 languages spoke. So you can imagine how diverse that is. So anyway, so here I am coming off this weekend of open house, and all I did was stand there, and nobody could talk to me because they didn't speak English. And I'm, I'm coming to work, I think it was Monday or Tuesday, and I'm thinking, my Lord, how am I going to make a living in this business? I don't know what I'm doing. I didn't, knew nothing about computers. I didn't even know how to turn them on. And uh, and that was really important, by the way, because I'm, I'm like thinking, um, wow, I mean, it, how over, uh, I was thinking that the, the learning process, the curve for me to learn what I needed to know in computers was, was like a lifetime of training I, in my mind. Because I just didn't want to uh, to take this kind of obligation on. When I was at the bank, I always had somebody doing that for me. So I'm walking down the hall, and I'm literally in tears. I mean, they weren't running down my face, but my eyes were welled up. I had a knot in my throat, and I'm thinking, I just made the biggest mistake in my entire life. I must have misunderstood what God was saying. And all of a sudden, an angel showed up. She wasn't a real angel, but she was an angel to me at that moment. Her name was Amy Gallagher. Uh, Amy was a marketing representative for a company. I think it was Old Republic title. And as I was walking uh, down the hallway, I had met her a few days before. And she looked at me and she said, Lowell, are you okay? And I said, no, I'm not okay. And uh, she, I, she said, let me talk to you. So we went down to my office, and I told her what was going on. I said, I don't know anything about these computers. Well, anyway, she said, I'll tell you what. If you give me an hour tomorrow and an hour the next day, I'll teach you everything you need to know about computers so that you can make a living in real estate. And I said, well, I, that's the best offer I've had all day. So I met her the next day, and sure enough, she uh, I wrote down everything she said to me. I, I was literally with a notepad just going through this and that. So when I left that day, 
or when she left that day, she said, I don't want you to go home until you spent three hours going through everything that I've taught you today and go over it over and over and over again until you really feel comfortable doing it. So uh, she said, I'll call you tomorrow. So I was almost at the end of three hours, but I uh, probably the last hour I got to the last step and I was trying to print the documents that, you know, that, that I had been uh, inputting and trying to get the information about. And I couldn't make the printer print. And I, I, was, I kept going over my notes and thinking, that what have I done? I missed something here, whatever. I can't figure out why it's not working. About that time, my boss, uh, the manager of the office, Chuck Dell, was walking down the hallway, and he happened to see me in there, and he, he says, hey, how's it going? And I said, uh, well, not so good. I, I'm trying to get a handle on how this computer works. And I said, I just, uh, I can't figure it out. I, I, I've done everything I'm supposed to do, but I can't make the doggone thing print. And he, he walked over and he kind of looked at something and he, he laughed and he says, well, if you put some paper in the printer, it'll work. <laughs> so that was my uh, uh, first uh, couple of miracles that occurred. Uh, here we have Bill Harkoff uh, making the office available, available to me, Amy Gallagher appearing out of nowhere, walking down the hall, 120 agents in the office, and she connects with me and says, what's wrong with you? Let me show you how to make a living in this business. And now my boss walks by, uh, Chuck, who's, who's manager of the office, just as I'm at the end of the rope again, and Chuck tells me to put paper in the printer, which I did, Amy called me the next day and said, are you uh, okay? Do you need me to come by? And I said, you know what? I don't. I got it down now. Uh, I told her the story of what happened the night before, and she just laughed about the paper thing. And I thank Amy. I thank Chuck. I thank Bill, you know, all, all up to this point. So I'm still, but I'm still at the same stage. Now I know how to use the computer. Uh, I've got people I really feel comfortable are people that, care enough about me to try to help me succeed in what I'm doing. And those three people were very important to me, by the way. And But I still, you know, obviously, very green and trying to figure out what to do next. And then another miracle occurs. I am sitting at my desk, and again, 120 agents in this office, and I uh, had to go to the bathroom or get a cup of coffee or something. And I'm, I walked up towards the front desk where all the phone calls would come in. And it was a, a little bit of a, I wouldn't say a panic, but there was, I could tell something was going on at the front desk. And one of the girls saw me and she said, I've got somebody that wants to talk to somebody uh, about possibly listing their home. And there's no one who's willing to pick up the phone. Would you take a call? And I said, sure. So I went back to my office and they put the call through and these people called and they lived in Newark and said that they wanted uh, me to come out and interview for the listing agent position. So I, I thought, well, okay, fine, sure. And we set up an appointment for, I think it was even that night at seven o'clock. I remember I went down there and and here it is. I'm, I, I don't even know what to do, to be quite frank with you. I don't know uh, what to say. I don't know, uh, you know, what they're going to ask me. And, of course, being new in real estate, I, I just have to tell you that I am just as green as I could possibly be. 
So we sat down. They were a very nice couple. And they told me they were going to interview three agents and that uh, that I was one of the three that they were going to interview. And they asked me a bunch of questions and this and that and the other thing. And I tried to answer them the best way I could. And as I'm sitting there, again, this voice of God comes to me. And I'm, I'm like, uh, Lord, I can't really ask that question. And so he repeated it. And the question was, well, what he told me to do was to ask them if they were Christians. And I'm like, in my mind, I'm talking to them, but I'm talking to the Lord at the same time in my mind. And I'm saying, Lord, I can't talk to them about religion and politics. That's what they say. You're not supposed to do that. Well, again, he asked me to t ask them if they were Christians. So finally I caved in. You know, I, God's in control. I'm not going to fight with him. And if it means I lose the appointment, then I lose the appointment. So I said, I was just wondering if you guys happen to be Christians. And I remember the wife's response. She says, she said, she laughed and she said, yes, we are. She says, in fact, we thought maybe you might be. And I thought, why would they think that? I have no idea because I didn't say anything about it. And uh, I said, oh, I said, you know, where do you go to church and this and that? Well, nat naturally, they go to church 30 miles away. <laughs> I know a few people around and certainly where I go to church. But I don't know anybody down in, in, they were in San Jose going to church, except one person. One person. Can you imagine that? Out of all the people in a, in a town in the Bay Area and in, uh, in, San, in California, a city of San, San Jose, which is huge, I don't know how many millions of people live in the Bay Area, but the fact of the matter is, I knew one person who went to church in San Jose. Betsy Powell. And so I said, Oh, I said, I'm not exactly sure where she goes to church. I only know one person down in San Jose. I said, but do you happen to know Betsy Powell? And they laughed and they said, yeah, we know her very well. And I said, oh, I said, well, you could ask Betsy Powell about me. I said, maybe she'll give you a reference. Well, <laughs> once again, God's God at work, listening to his voice, responding when he tells me to do something, I do it. The, you know, the, the thing comes up about Betsy. They know Betsy. I get a call on Monday. Sure enough, we talked to Betsy. She spoke very highly of you. And we decided that we're going to have you list our home. Well, that was the beginning of a 25-year career in real estate with the realty experts in Fremont, with Bill Harkoff as my boss, Chuck Dell as the manager of the office. Uh, I have to tell you that Amy went on, Amy Gallagher went on, and she wound up becoming a realtor herself and was very successful. Uh, we closed the transaction, and one year later, after I went into real estate, I had repaid all the money that I owed to Max, paid off the car. I had some other debts that I had to get paid. And uh, the real estate market, almost January the 1st of that following year, took off like a spaceship. And it was like the timing on it was obviously uh, something that God already knew about. 
Uh, he was directing me into a job situation that was to be the future of my life that has sustained me ever since. I continue to be in real estate today. I have not become a millionaire or anybody that's, that's ultra rich, but I've met some of the most wonderful people. I've, I've helped over, I think, nearly 300 people with either buying or selling homes during that period of time. Uh, and it's just been a wonderful, wonderful experience for me. And it's uh, entirely, uh, I should say, uh, uh, allowed me to be able to purchase a home for my family, my wife and I now. And uh, my boys have gone on and uh, my youngest son is in the real estate industry today. Uh, my oldest son is, uh, it was in the real estate business, but took another direction and is right now pursuing completing his education. So I'm not sure where this is all going, but he's studying theology. So, uh, well, that's my story about a message from God. It's this—it's the fact that God is speaking to us all the time. He's, he wants us to have what's best. He, he wants us not to go through the hard times, but we tend to have this, uh, you know, we want self-direction. We, we don't want to have anyone influence us or tell us what to do. And God is saying, yeah, but I, I have much more for you than you even think is possible if you would just listen to me because I know what's going to happen in the future. And why in the world would we just not even consider uh, that information to be the most important information we could ever hear? So all I, I would say about this is, uh, you know, Jesus said, my sheep know my voice, uh, and they follow me. And so uh, if you're not hearing God's voice, then you need to pursue him. And I, something that our pastor said uh, last Sunday, which is really important, the closer we get to God, the more we do uh, have that intimacy with him and the more that we will uh, be able to hear that voice, uh, that inner voice that speaks to us in our spirit level and uh, communicates to us uh, the things that, that God wants us to hear. So as I close today, I always ask, uh, do you know him? Uh, I guess today I'd have to say, are you listening to his voice? Uh, and if you are listening to his voice, are you allowing him to be the Lord of your life? Is, are you allowing him to give you the direction and guidance? Are you taking his advice? Or are you just going off on your own? Are you ignoring that voice? Are you blocking it out so you can't hear it? And if you are, I hate to say it, uh, you might be okay for a while, but sooner or later you're going to hit that bump in the road and you're going to wish that you had listened to what God had to say. All right, this is Lowell King just saying, you know, I love you, uh, God loves you, and he just wants the best for you, and so do I. Have a great day.